What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Social Media Mindset Podcast. The place where we invite real people to talk about their journey on social media. We'll dig deep into the mindset it takes to be yourself, create massive value, and do it over and over again. This could be the episode that changes your business and life for the better. So let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Social Media Mindset, where where we dig into beyond just the numbers, beyond just here's what to post, here's when to post, here's how to do it, but dig deeper into what what type of mindset does it take to achieve this at a high level? And guys, I I cannot tell you the the person that I have on here with me right now, Marky Lemons Ryle. She she is unbelievable. She is going to blow your mind. You, you are going to get so much out of this. Marky, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on with me. Well, you know, I appreciate you for having me because you changed my life when you were on my podcast and I changed how I tell stories. And as a result, I now have a greater sense of connection with people in my sphere of wow. influence, just being vulnerable. Come on. Being vulnerable. I love it. And, 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 and we're going to dig into so much because literally, and, and you and I, we, I think part of what makes you and I good at what we do is we just love to do things on the fly. We kind of like to fill our hearts and just go with it. And so you jumped into this recording and I said, hey, can we talk about something totally different than what I'd planned on talking about? Because you were live earlier, about, about an hour ago, 30 minutes ago. In, in, in your own Facebook, and you were talking about giving it all away. Yes. And, and I think that, and I don't, well, actually, I don't think this, I, I know this, that, that I talk to people, you talk to people all the time, that their struggle with content is because they're internally struggling with how much do I give versus how much do I keep tied to my chest because there's just some secrets I need to keep to have a competitive advantage over somebody. Uh, So will you just break through the door of that self-limiting belief way of thinking? So let me just give you a little background. So my family owns Chicago's second oldest black restaurant. We've been in business since 1954. We sell more. Yeah, but then I had to let people, just because we old don't mean nothing. The question is, do we make money? (laughs) So we sell more pork rib tips than anyone else in history in the city of Chicago. That's how much barbecue we are selling. And I think about my grandfather. He came from Indianola, Mississippi with nothing. He had holes in the one pair of shoes that he owned when he opened the barbecue restaurant. But he died a multimillionaire. And he had been making a lot of money for a long time. My grandfather, there was a young lady. She came to me one day to ask me about opening a barbecue restaurant. 
And I told her okay. I couldn't answer her questions. I had to check with my granddaddy first. And I called my grandfather and my grandfather told me, he said, Marky, competition is healthy for business. He said that woman will have plenty of issues trying to open and stay open. You tell her everything you know. Mm. You want mm. to consistently put yourself in a position to replace yourself. You say that again. Will you say that again? You want to consistently put yourself in the position to replace yourself. And the way Come I on. interpret that was that if I'm consistently growing, it wouldn't matter if I gave you something anyway, because I'm consistently growing. Right. Yep. So if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, me telling you how to do it means absolutely nothing. So yep. he told me to give it all away. And I was every bit of 21 years old at that time. And the restaurant that I was in at that time wasn't even a barbecue restaurant because even though we had the barbecue restaurants, I had a like a hamburger shop and then I had a concession business. When that business failed, it wasn't because I told the woman down the street that business failed because I wasn't equipped to run that business at that time. Okay. So me helping her didn't hinder me and my growth. And right. so I am consistently thinking about my grandfather, but this is what's funny. Famous Dave's Barbecue, okay? There's a picture of Lim's Barbecue. We are a part of the decor. So every Famous Dave's Barbecue in the country has a picture of Lim's Barbecue on the wall. Wow. And, and so what, a, like what an unbelievable legacy your, your grandfather established for your family and, and obviously you're a byproduct of that. So how, how have you seen that play out in, in your real estate business? And then now you coach and teach and equip. And, and so like, what, what does that look like now? So when I think about uh, the ability to give things away, I often think about my mentors. And I think that I have two of the best mentors ever in the world of real estate. But this is how it kind of showed up. There's a gentleman by the name of Frank Williams. Frank Williams told me, he said, look, baby Dow, there are a couple of things I need you to do. I need you to become a licensed real estate educator and I need you to volunteer more in order to volunteer at a higher level because I wanted to come on to the board of directors for the Chicago Association of Realtors. When I got my pre-license and my continuing education instructor's license, Frank Williams called Deb Lopes, the director of education at the Chicago Association of Realtors. And he said, look, you know, uh, baby Dow, she listened to what I tell her to do. He said, I don't even know if she's a good teacher or not, but I need you to give her an opportunity, put her on the schedule. And I have been teaching every since. So because of my willingness to give to others, people yeah. have been willing to give to me. And Frank Williams single-handedly changed the trajectory of my real estate career wow. by giving me that opportunity. And so I keep that with me at all times. So I'm always looking, one, to make Frank proud. I need to be given to others. He made sure. that perfectly clear. Okay. So I'm always looking at, well, how can I help someone who needs an opportunity? And sometimes you do need to test it yourself. And I get that. You know, you want to test it out just to make sure it's a good 
opportunity because the better the sure. referrals you give, the better the referrals you receive. But it's only so long you're supposed to hold on to it. And the way that showed up in the past week was the National Association of Realtors. You know, that's a coveted opportunity. Yes. And 25% of my business comes from my ability to speak at that conference every year. And, and call- we speak at that for <laughs> we free. <do. laughs> for right? free. We, we it, do it because we love it. We do it because we love it. And if you leverage it, it is a phenomenal opportunity. So they call me to ask me for a quote because they want to solicit other speaker proposals. So just this week, they sent out an email with my picture on it and my quote. I got it in my inbox. And I, I had to explain to people, you do understand that I just increased my own competition for a coveted position. Right. That's the willingness of giving back to others, right? So I hope it don't backfire. Well, it's not going to backfire at this point. But it's it's like, it's like, girl, you went and replaced yourself at the most coveted position every single year. You know, like we sit around in total anticipation that we're going to get hired to speak at the Realtor Conference and Expo. You got to be willing to give it away. And and so I want to dig deeper because... You've done this for years, right? You, you have a podcast, right, where, where you're, you're bringing on guests, where you're constantly asking them to give away what they're doing that's unique and different. You, you do this every year at the National Association of Realtors Conference. You, you've done this on phone calls with me where, where I've just called asking you for advice and, and your opinion. And, and so for years, you just walked around with an open hand willing to let people grab what they want. And, and you told me a few minutes ago, before we started recording this episode, that something happened on, on December 14th. And I don't even, like I, I, I'm giddy right now just saying this. So I can't even imagine how it feels to be in your seat because you, you, you told me what happened on December 14th. That is a complete, byproduct of the selflessness by which you live your life. And it's unbelievable. And I know you're not a numbers person in a braggadocious way. I am not either. But sometimes we just got to show people like how good the Lord is, right? And, uh, and so will you tell us, like, tell us the story of what happened less than a month ago. I'm starting to cry just, just setting you up for this. And I, I don't have anything to do with it, I, but I, people, I'm just so excited. So let me say this. It started before a month ago. Um, so since I was pulled off the road, I, actually, we were together, right? We so were. you and yep. I were together in Washington, D.C., and I'm assuming yep. that on our flight home, right, life changed. We realized that a new reality was getting ready to hit us. So by the time I made it to Chicago at 1.30 a.m., on Friday, March the 13th, I was not going to be on the road 100 nights in 2020. We pivoted to 125 paid webinars. So I was thankful for that opportunity. The next thing was I actually published 23 publications over on Kindle. So I'm a publisher and an author, and four of those are international bestsellers. 
Then I did a full print on demand company that um, I watched some YouTube videos <laughs> and set up the whole company <laughs> in, in a month. Right. So this is what happens on December the 14th. I make up my mind that I'm going to do a membership site. I was hiring a coach. I decided not to hire the coach because I didn't like the price point. Within 24 hours, I went back to the coach. The coach told me it would be no for now. So I'm Whoa. like, okay, all right, not a problem. He said, but take the information I gave you and use it. So yeah. I kind of felt like he was punking me, right? Like, ah, sure. she can't do this, right? I'm like, okay. I decide that I am going to launch a membership site. We opened the doors on December the 22nd and we closed the cart special on January the 1st. Okay. I do this using Kajabi and I do it utilizing the free 14 day plan. I spend, I'm just going (laughs) to lead up to this. I spend zero dollars because I do use social media and technology consistent. And I send out an email every other week and I have done so for 24 months. Okay, so the the coach tells me that, Marky, if you do what I tell you to do, you will get to 500 members. You will make ninety eight thousand dollars right i'm like ninety eight thousand before the end of the year you tell it <laughs> like i'm doing two weeks oh wait uh-huh. come on right i'm like okay so we went to take a picture right before we got started because i like to give people accurate uh, yeah. uh numbers right how about we have earned a hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars on a nine-day launch spending zero dollars to do so because we've built an intimate relationship utilizing yeah. social media and technology. But more importantly, we understand the avatar in which we are speaking to. Uh, guys, I, I, don't, I don't know if you heard her. I don't know if, 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 if the podcast cut off or, or you thought it had to have been a mistake. <laughs> it had to have been a mistake. But what you just heard her say is that in nine days for zero dollars in advertising, she made one hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars. And guys, that's not just one time. That is that is going to be an every December renewal for all those people that bought their yearly subscription They're going to do it again at the end of this year. And then they're going to do it again at the end of next year. And then you're going to have offerings that are going to be unique and different. And then you're going to upsell them to different things. And you're going to look up and you're going to have made millions of dollars creating value for all these men and women. And it costs you nothing. Nothing. And I didn't realize um, that people, realtors, we were missing this sense of connection but also the mere fact to tell people, oh, you're doing an excellent job, right? Or showing them step-by-steps the instructions on how to do it. So not only do I believe in building an intimate relationship with social media and technology, I believe that by doing so, you can also leverage that for lead generation. So I spend very little 
money on ads. Like I'm thinking now I might have to spend some money. But I sure. last time I placed an ad, this is what's going to be funny, was at the Realtor Conference and Expo in San Francisco. Wow. So that's what, like 14 months ago. Yeah, November of 2019. Last Crazy. money I spent so, on an ad. So, so let's let's turn this around, right? Because the listener, it it's easy to watch a personality like you. The, this morning I interviewed Chelsea Pikes, uh, a friend of ours. Yes. Uh, a personality like Chelsea's, and I think it's easy for just the 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 normal realtor or or entrepreneur period to look at you guys and go, Marky, but you're Marky. Like you're, you're larger than life. You're fun. You're loud. You, you laugh. You have a contagious laugh. Like you, you're fashionable, right? It's, it's easy to watch dynamic people like you and go, of course you can do that, but I can't do that. So if we're going to talk to the listener about like they don't have a social media presence right now, or maybe they they do have one, but it's bad because they're trying to use it to take and not give. Where do they start? Well, What's I think, your- you know, you, this is going to be funny. So if we were meeting face to face, people would quickly realize I'm the shortest, darkest, roundest person in the room with the least <laughs> amount of hair. And I am the child who received a check mark and failure to exercise self-control every single quarter of grammar school and high school. If my college professors could have given me a check mark, they would have given me one too. Right. And so yep. me, uh, me being outgoing and talkative was not always, it's a, I turned it into a positive, but it sure. was a negative yep. growing up. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. My grandmother would make me come in the house to take breather breaks. Now, mind you, I don't have asthma or bronchitis or none of that. I had to sit my butt down and be quiet. She wanted me to just breathe. And so she called it a breather break. That's awesome. To realize that you can do it. And I'm not an early adapter. I am not of so, well, maybe because it's been out so long, but I'm 50. And so social media and technology wasn't something that I was raised with. It didn't exist. I had to force myself to use it. Right. And it was a business decision. And let me tell you where it came from. The 2006 profile of buyers and sellers from the National Association of Realtors pointed out that in 1995, 2% of buyers utilized the internet as essentially a news source for real estate information. In 2006, that number was 80%. Wow. I'm like, yeah, but I'm looking, I'm like, what else increased by 78%? So I Googled my name. My name came up less than 10 times. And Mm. at that moment, I said to myself, I'm not hanging out online where the buyers and sellers are hanging out. I need to change that. And I became intentional. And I love what you said, because you said in 2006, it was a business decision. And I think too many people that are going to listen to this, guys, we don't achieve on social media and I, I shouldn't even use we yeah, like I can't even hold, I can't even write like you're, you're so beyond me, but, but the reason we do social media well is because we choose to not because we like it. I freaking hate social media. I hate the politics of it. I hate 
posting a video and feeling guilty that it didn't get more views. I, I, I hate it. But it's the easiest avenue for me to make an impact in people's lives. And it makes me a lot of money. Not as much money as it's making you, obviously, after <laughs> December, <laughs> December 22nd. But, uh, you know, I'm going to get there. And, and my story. But I think that's the, the mindset shift that people have to have is it's not because you like it. It's because it works. You know what's funny? I remember when I started using, actually, the, it's another gentleman with a multi-million dollar business. His name is Freddie Taylor. He owns Urban, uh, Urban Intellectual. He sells playing okay. cards. He's a multi-million dollar business. He and I wow. had the ADPR, the Accredited Distressed Property Representative, which is our foreclosure short sale designation. Freddie told me to use Facebook. And I didn't want to use it. Freddie made me do my first video. So I'm going to call him a visionary, right? And yeah. it was because he told me to do so. But think about this. When I first started using it, I was just had, I was a high risk pregnancy. I was 37 years old. Won't you go 37? And I said to myself, I don't have time to tell no Facebook my business. I'm barely <laughs> using, look, I'm barely using this MySpace account. Oh my gosh. Right? Because uh, I'm at home on maternity leave because the 2006 wow. profile of buyers and sellers came out in November of 2006. I'm reading okay. it over like the Christmas holiday. My son was born March the 28th, 2007. So I'm reading this report at the same time. I'm like, who going to tell Facebook I'm pregnant? I'm old and pregnant. I ain't telling Facebook none of my business, right? And now <laughs> I'm conditioned to use social media uh, and technology yeah. at this point. So, so tell, tell me this and, and really not for me, but for the listener, what, what do you think are the most common self-limiting beliefs that people believe to be true in regard to social media that we could squash real quick? I think people think that people care how they look. And really, they don't. People want you to solve their yeah. buying and selling problems. Um, yes. The next thing is the fear of missing out. And I see a lot of that right mm. now because you want to use the social platform that your clients are using. And you can't use them all. So if I had to pick, let's say, a Snapchat and a TikTok, I want to know where is my audience hanging out. I'm going to try both of them. And the one that yep. I find the most enjoyment is the one that I'm going to choose of the two because I'm more likely to use it consistently. But I'm not going to just go pick up a random um, tool to use that my avatar, my client isn't hanging out there. But you, your client is hanging out a lot of places. You need to pick the platform that you're going to use consistently because consistency yeah. is what is going to win. And you don't have to do everything. You, you do not, you could pick one platform and you could build a solid business. I don't recommend one because one could get shut down. You know, it's a lot of rumors sure. going on. So you want to have two, but you could do good on two. You don't need to use the five or the six yeah. or the newest one per se. You need to pick one you're going to use consistently and use it. Show up and solve people's problems on whichever one of those platforms it is. Yeah, I love that. And I've been I've been teaching people lately, pick one platform 
to generate your content and then use the content in other ways on other platforms. And they may not fit perfect, right? It may not be exactly what it's supposed to be, but it's better than doing nothing as opposed to going, I got to make it this size for Facebook, this size for LinkedIn, this size for Instagram, this size for YouTube, just start somewhere and, and then grow from there. But you've said twice, right? You've used the word avatar. And I know what that means. I think, I assume that people know what that means, but, but for somebody that doesn't understand avatar, right? And, and even though you're wearing blue today, we're not talking about those big blue people, right? We're, we're talking about identifying our ideal client. And so if you had to give somebody one identifier for their ideal client, if somebody said, I have no idea who my ideal client is, what is the very first question you would ask them? Would it be, how old are they? Where do they live? What, what's their favorite color? Like, what is that first identifier that you think is most important? So to me, in real estate, I think it's a little different. Um, and I'll tell you the shift that I made. My first identifier was, what can they afford to buy? So what I knew was that I wanted to sell $250,000 houses and that my friends could not afford to buy what it was that I was selling because they okay. were only making 50000 And the rule of thumb is you can afford a house at two and a half times your gross annual income. So I instantly, my first pivot was to okay. be around people who earn $100,000 per year because they can buy what I'm selling. That's good. Okay. So, so, but I was a loan originator who transitioned over to the broker side of the business. Right. So I understood okay. that financial uh, issue that I'm, I'm entertaining people can't even buy what I'm selling. So either A, I'm going to sell something cheaper or I need to reposition myself to go hang out with people who can buy what I'm selling. So my so first what, identifier, I had to, I had to shift my sphere of influence to be able to sell what it was that I wanted to sell. So, so what, I mean, it, it's so easy for you to tell that story and just say, I had to shift my influence, right? Like, what is that to so the person that's like, what is that even like, what the heck, Marky? How, how do I do that? Like, so, what, what does that look like? So this is what I decided to do. I identified people who wanted to live where I wanted to sell and could afford the house. So at the time, there was a special finance program called, it was the officer next door and the teacher next door. I actually had okay. flyers in the trunk of my car. I identified schools in close proximity where I wanted to sell, which was Region 5 here in the city of Chicago. I had to befriend the off-duty police officer at each of the Chicago public schools to get into the school to put my flyers in the mailbox in order to attract the teachers. Because I had to befriend the police officer, I actually put more police officers in houses because I had the opportunity to build a relationship with them okay. versus the flyers that I left in the school teacher's mailbox. So then my avatar became uh, municipal employees in the city of Chicago, wow. job so many years, because I knew that I had a special finance program that applied to yep. the area at the price point that I wanted to sell and the personality started uh, all the little nuances. Are they married? Do they have children? Um, we had met the income household, that threshold. So here's what's kind of crazy. My avatar shifted when I got married 
because I went okay. from a, a a single, I was a, a unwedded single mother, right, to a two household income. That means that the price point actually doubled. Mm-hmm. And it shifted, right? So something as simple as getting married could change your avatar. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the avatar is really looking at the personalities of the people who you're doing business with. And one of the reasons I am uh, very good at selling to the realtor is because I am what that average avatar looks like, right? So the average, first of all, pre- predominant uh, majority female, average age 54. So I'm a female okay. who's 50, uh, attended college, owns their own home. Like I am the realtor avatar. And I know that I am selling to people who are just like me. That means if you're 54, right, we we got some kids uh, who have probably gone to college. We might be looking, I tell people, one date short of being somebody's grandparent. Um, yeah. And we have all these things in common. So right. here would be the distinction. If I'm working with a large association, you're likely going to work with the director of education. The director of education is going to be a Caucasian female, 45 to 54, versus smaller associations that might not have a director of education where you would deal with the CEO. The mass majority of CEOs are going to be a little bit older because they're more tenured, but predominantly Caucasian men. And they're going to be that 50, 55 age or older. So I even know based on the size of the association, the avatar of the person I need to speak with who will make the hiring decision on whether or not Marky Lemons Rowell is coming to that association. Man, you're, you, you're schooling me right now. That's not supposed to happen during my podcast. I'm, I'm not, sorry. I'm, I'm not, but we're friends. No, I, 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 I love it. No, and, and guys, the, if you're listening to this, all right, you're doing your homework. Do your that's homework. what you're doing. And and I think we just so lazily at times can just go, I gotta do a video, I gotta do something. All right, cool. What can I what can I talk about? You know, and and we do no due diligence, we do no research, we do no homework, and, and we just wonder why it doesn't work when we're not being intentional about anything. And and so that that's incredible. And Marky, I, I I could I could do an a, an episode with you for three hours, but uh, nobody nobody ain't nobody got time for that. And and so as 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 we wrap up, what what is what 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 is just that when when you're on stage? I guess pre you know pre COVID when we got to actually do that kind of stuff, and you get one moment to just pour into the hearts of the people that are sitting in those chairs and hope to just wake them from their slumber that, that keeps them unable to do social media. Like what, what, how would you leave this episode in encouraging fashion to people listening? Well, I got it. Technology will never replace a realtor. However, a realtor with technology will replace one without it. Come on. <laughs> that's it. Guys, that's it. We've got to lean in. right? We, we've got to play this game to some degree because it's not going away. Right? And, and so uh, 
Gosh, I, it's this has been an unbelievable episode. I, I cannot wait for people to get to listen to this. Marky, if if people want to, and not if they, if they want to, everybody's going, tell me, how do I connect to this lady? What, what, how do I do this? Because you've got a great book that, that you released last year that's an international bestseller, right? Right there over your shoulder. You, you've got now your, your course, that, that your membership site that you're doing. Uh, hopefully at some point we're going to be speaking some. How do people connect to you if, if they want to connect? I tell people if they spell my name correctly, they will find me. I am the only Marky Lemons in the world. M-A-R-K-I-L-E-M-O-N-S. I hang out online every single day. Feel free to connect. I love connecting with people in the world of real estate. So Marky Lemons. <laughs> Come on, Marky. I, I can't I, I can't thank you enough for being a part of my, my podcast launch uh, and just being the human that you are. You just, you make me want to be better. And so well, thank you. I, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. I Look, I'm thankful to be here because I know you're going to be a huge success. Well, from, from your mouth to the Lord's ears, that, that's what I'm hopeful for. Guys, thank you for watching and listening to another episode of the Social Media Mindset Podcast. It is an honor to have you guys. I hope and pray this is benefiting your life, your business, your mindset, and, and we'll see y'all on another episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Social Media Mindset Podcast. If this episode made an impact, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and talking about it on social media. Go make a difference, and we'll see you soon.